Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's a.k.a. Radio Red. Radio Red in the house. It is March 13th. Thank goodness it's not a Friday the 13th. I don't know what they say about Monday the 13th, but I am really happy to be here. Monday is, believe it or not, my favorite day of the week because I get to talk to three of my, I call them my, my creatives every Monday night. And I've got some very special guests. Every week is special, but I have somebody from... 30 years ago, who I knew in business, and we've kept in touch by email, and she's a guest, and I'll tell you who she is in a second. But first up, we have to do our protocol here. I want my guest to put your hand up in the letter L, and on the count of three, we're all going to say, hello and get well, L, L, L. I know that's a lot. Here we go. One, two, three. Hello and get get well, L, L, L. Josh, I think that was pretty good. I didn't expect them to be that good. I don't know. Vince, you you helped on that baritone. I don't know. We did really, really well. Today <laughs> is the 72nd day. LLL, I'll tell you. You all want to know. LLL is lovely, lanky Laura Legs. She calls herself Legs. I met her at ballroom dance class on Long Island, New York, many, many years ago. And LLL stands for her most loyal listener. She lives in Whitestone. Pat knows where that is because Pat's in New York. And I've been trying, Pat, to take up a GoFundMe for about 10 years now to move her to a place that starts with an L. We were going to get her to move to London, but it was too hot last summer. Larchmont, she says, is not where she wants to go, and we can understand that from, from New York. So anybody has an idea of where in the world we can send her in an L where I can afford my fake GoFundMe, we're going to move her. Uh, LLL has been struggling with COVID for about three weeks now. She's still out of breath and very weak, and she said she'd try to listen to the show tonight. But she's been there for years and years and years, and I will warn you, if she's listening at 8.01 p.m. Eastern, I will get an email from her telling me how much she loved the show, and she will tell me what Pat said, a summary. She'll tell me what Amy said, and she'll tell me what Vince said. Every week I get that email, and I've missed it the past two weeks. So, LLL, I hope you are listening. March 13th is the 72nd day of the 2023 Gregorian calendar. There are 293 days left in the year. This is the 11th Monday, and nobody cares except me, Vince, but that's nice for you to nod. Uh, Gregorian introduced this calendar in 1582. It was Pope Gregory Thirteenth, and he modified and replace the Julian calendar, something to do with leap years. He changed the leap years, okay? So I like to say that whoever Pope Gregory's mom was, yes, popes have mothers too, I've been told. Yes, okay, no com- no religious or political comments that his mom didn't know she had given birth to a very creative person and we're still using his calendar how many hundreds of years ago, more than uh, since over a hundred, over a half a century ago. So we're very, very proud to use this calendar on the show. Do we have any Pisces here? Pat or Amy or Vince, anybody a Pisces? Pat? Nope. nope. Well, I'll tell you that I'm, Pisces. I'm a Libra. Uh, I'm a Libra also. Well, I'll tell you that I have been reading the description of Pisces for a couple of weeks now, and none of my guests have been Pisces, but I think they describe, somebody's getting messages. I, I think it describes most of the people on this show, emotionally sensitive, 
Vince, I think, I think with that smile, he is gracious. Yeah. You're all gracious, creative. Well, why are you not here? We are here because you're creative, imaginative, emotionally aware. Amy likes this. You're sympathetic and you go to great lengths to ensure the happiness of those around you. So I'm all calling all of you honorary creatives. And the reason I said that we only have 293 days left in the year is because we all know Getting through a year these days is a big celebration, and New Year's Eve is very special, right, Vince? So I'm guessing that Vince is going to be getting uh, somebody's, uh, his grandpa's still out from the backyard. He's going to be making some bootleg whiskey. You've got 293 <laughs> days, Vince. Pat, yeah. I'm guessing you're going to go to a very fancy online liquor store, and you're going to get a bottle of really, really high-end champagne for your New Year's Eve. Pat, you can smile now. Pat, I want you to smile. Pat, there you go. I want her to, I'll tell you who Pat is in a second. And Amy, I'm guessing you're going to be making Kahlua in the sink in your garage and you have to get those flavors to meld. Okay. So you can start in June or July. So count down from the 293 days. Now I'll tell you who my special guests are. By the way, everybody smile and wave hello to LinkedIn. Hello, LinkedIn. We are live. Hello to Facebook. We are live. I'm so happy we're here. And of course, oh, Pat's got to look at that. That's a Broadway kiss. And I'll tell you why in a second. And we, have, yeah, she does that on the Broadway stage all the time. She it since she was five years old. And we are live on the Voice American, Voice America Empowerment Channel. That's where we live on our audio. So I'm going to tell you all a little bit about who my guests are. I'm calling them nonstop creators. Pat Addis began acting on Broadway at age five. She created a corporate promotions company back in the day when corporations had a lot of money to spend on promotions at trade shows and mailings and games and all that. I met Pat when I was working at Chase Manhattan Bank downtown near the World Trade Center, near Wall Street, and I commissioned her to create the Chase Bag of the Year. It was something like 1992, and I went to a trade show, and it was very fancy, and I was the person in charge of the whole setup, and we gave away Chase Bags. Chase Bags that Pat Addis produced were the trade show takeaway. You had to have one. You had to have the blue one one year and the green one one year and the gray one one year. And they were canvas bag, very heavy duty that you could use for years. And I think I still have one, Pat. So Pat is now the producer of 20 plays on and off Broadway, and she's going to give us the full bio. Pat, I am so delighted we've stayed in touch for over 30 years on email, and I am just delighted you accepted my invitation. So we'll hear from Pat in a second. Vince Warnock is with us. Vince, wave hello. He's an award-winning marketing and visibility coach. I wonder, am I am I visible, Vince? Oh, you'll tell me later. <laughs> he's the author and host of the Chasing the Insights podcast, and he's the co-host of the NFT Ninjas. I have to say that with a deep voice, Ninjas podcast. I met Vince Warnock at the National Publicity Summit a few months ago. Vince, I used to do the summit in New York when it was live at the Penn Hotel in person. And we've been doing it on Zoom for several years, which is a four time a year, five hour Zoom fest with 17 breakout rooms. And I'm there to meet people in 17 rooms. And I usually book between 25 and 35 of their guests to fill months and months of my show. So Vince, very happy. And I was impressed that you're also a podcaster, but I call this radio, not a podcast. And Amy McConnum, I had to put in phonetically. She's a novelist, a singer songwriter, an artist, a storyteller, and a photography light chaser. And she's going to explain that. She's also the author of Free Falling, a novel of senior romance. I'm looking at the cover there. And Amy came to me from somebody I used to know in business years ago named Juliet Clark. And Juliet and I 
have stayed in touch for years. And she said, I have a friend named Amy, and I think she'd be perfect for your creativity show. And here you are, and the red hair really rocks. So there you go. So there we are. Let's go around the table and find out who you really are, because I only gave a one-minute bio for each of you. Pat Addis, I am honored to have you on the show. Haven't seen you or spoken to you in almost almost 30 years. And this is a long, long time to remember people. <laughs> and you made me a hero with those chase bags. So I want to tell you. So Pat, I'm putting you on full screen speaker view. If your daughter, Wendy, is there in the background, she'd like to say hello. She's welcome to pop in. Yeah. Pat, She's gone. She's gone. Okay. Pat, would you please tell us all about who you are? Take your three minutes. And it's Pat Addis. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm the one who's honored. Um, Thank you for having me and for remembering me so many years ago. <laughs> we both have made definite career switches, which is very interesting. Um, I started as a child actress and um, was in the World's Fair, uh, working very hard um, every day. And my one line at the World's Fair in American Jubilee was, I love the apple pie part. Then I was the youngest actress in um, a show, Prologue to Glory, where I wore this amazing costume and where I learned to jump rope in the alley with a cable. And that's all I remember about the show. Um, went on to do that. Then I um, had a TV show in the early days at Dumont, and I quit everything to go to college. I went to Finch College where I majored in costume design and merchandise. And um, then I got married to my love of my life, who after 10 years of marriage did not like kids or married life. So that was the end of that. And I was forced to make a living for three children. And what I did was use my costume design uh, experience in college. And I started a promotion company where I designed every kind of bag and widget that had different logos on it or names of companies. And it afforded me the opportunity to raise three children in private school and mm -hmm. also travel to 54 countries. Every, every Christmas, right after Christmas, I took off and two weeks in July and I went all over the world. And that was one of the most gratifying things of my life because I learned how lucky we are to be Americans. And if you live long enough, as I have, you get all kinds of rewards and awards. And I'm now um, nominated for Woman of Purpose. And I'm not sure what that means, but I'm <laughs> trying to figure it out. Um, <laughs> I love my life, and um, what can I say? I'm very, very lucky. Pat, how did you start Broadway producing? Just give me a couple of, give me 30 seconds on that. I want to know, how did you get involved I, with Broadway? I gave my company to my daughter because she wanted to stop being a lawyer and spend more time with her son. And so I took a course called CTI, Commercial Theater Institute, and thought I learned everything, but I didn't. Um, and one of the people in the course asked me if I wanted to produce a show called Little Women. 
And I went down to Duke to see it with Sutton Foster, and I never looked back. But my most important show, and I want everybody listening to go see it anywhere you can, is called Desperate Measures. It is a musical that off-Broadway that won lots of awards and is absolutely fantastic. It only has six in the cast, and everybody walks out happy. But it's also very, very relevant. And so I thank you very much for this time. May I say one thing? Yes, dear. My mantra is do one thing of kindness every day. So everybody listening to the show, if you can do one thing of kindness, call somebody you haven't spoken to a long time or whatever. I don't care. Help somebody go across the street. Pay somebody's telephone bill. I don't care what it is, whatever your act of kindness is. But if we all do that, it'll make a better world we live in. Thank you, Pat. Pat Addis, I'm, I'm so, I didn't know if you were going to accept my invitation. What? You're on radio now? You want me to come on the show? And you did. And, and I'm absolutely <laughs> delighted. I'm, I'm delighted. You're wonderful. Let's move on. Vince Warnock, you are next. Spend about your three minutes and tell us more of who you really are and how'd you get started and what you do. Vince, welcome. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. Honestly, huge honor being here. Um, yeah, my, my whole career has been a spaghetti, like just giant ball of spaghetti. It's never been a linear line at all. I trained as an electronics engineer, but then ended up through many different iterations working on radio as an on-air announcer, I was a DJ, I was a marketer, and it all kind of converged later in life where I uh, basically got into the world of marketing. Um, I then started a number of different companies, some of which failed and then some of which succeeded and and we sold them off. And I just come off the back of my largest acquisition. So it was a multi eight figure exit after about probably three and a half years of a lot of stress and anxiety and joined the team at Signa Insurance and became the chief marketing officer there. So for five years at Signa, on paper, that is the dream job. That is what every marketer would aspire to be, and, you know, a CMO at a Fortune 100 um, I had the pay, I had the bonuses, there were ridiculous amounts of money, got the accolades, got recognized by Adobe as one of the top 50 marketers in the world, even published my first book when I was there, and I was miserable. And I remember I was sitting in my office <laughs> writing a list of why I should appreciate my job and then feeling insanely guilty of the fact that I didn't. And I, I felt I honestly felt a sense of shame because I was like, most people would kill to have this job. And here I was having it and not wanting it. And I came to the realization that was because I was incredibly unfulfilled. And when you're at that kind of senior level, basically everybody to you is a, or certainly this is what you were told is everybody is a data point or a dollar sign. And to me, people are people. And I needed to get back to what I was passionate about, which is helping people. And I got such a soft spot for entrepreneurs that became the next kind of phase of my career, which is what I do now, which is absolutely loving life. I have a publishing company helping people to become authors, uh, particularly entrepreneurs. Uh, I have my podcast, which is just growing and growing and growing. And and I just get to write books and have fun. And uh, legitimately, it is some of the best time of my life right now. I love that. Vince, I tell people, I say, I don't know about you, but I didn't pop out of my mom with a guidebook on what I'm supposed to do in my life. <laughs> to me, life is an improv. We're making, yep. I'm not reading a script. Are you, Pat's not reading a script. Amy's not reading a script. We're improving it and we're figuring it out. And this to me is creativity. It's not do you sing or dance or draw or paint or take photos or, or design something. 
we're all creating. That's why I call everybody my creators. Vince, I was so tickled to meet you at the publicity summit a couple of months ago. And I wasn't sure you'd accept my invitation because you're a podcaster. And I thought, ooh, what does he think of me? So I hope you're going to have a good time on my show. But I'm very, <laughs> very, very, very glad. And it's interesting, Vince, uh, the, the tables have turned. And it used to be we were grateful to have those high-level corporate jobs and climb what we used to call that ladder, right, Amy and right, Pat? And we had these goals and we had to say, I've won this and I've won that and I've gotten these raises and these bonuses. And and then a lot of people are saying, no, that didn't do it for me. Sure. That didn't do it. And I'll tell you a little bit more about my story. But just so all of you know, I'm an early woman in tech and my first career, my first job at the age of 27, Pat, I was a divorced mom of two living 3,000 miles from my family in Eugene, Oregon. And I had to go back and get two more degrees and they hired me to run a statewide computer system. And I was the coder. I was the uh, side coder, I was the contractor, and I had a full-time job, and I was coding back in the days when it was a Xerox Sigma 6 CP5 in COBOL on key punch. I was punching the code in the key punch machine on the 80-column cards, and everything came out on green bar paper, so I go way back. So, Vince, I've gone through marketing, I've gone through tech, I've gone through you name it, and then I started doing radio in 2011 just just figured it out. And I've worked with some of the biggest companies in the world. I have 55 radio series and we find ourselves, don't we, Pat? Don't we, Vince? We find ourselves. And now it's time to find Emi. Emi, I love your name. I wish I could keep <laughs> remembering how to pronounce it. Email and e-cards and e-commerce. And here's Emi. I like that. Emi, I'm putting you on full speaker view. Please introduce yourself and welcome to you. Well, thank you very much. And thank Juliet also for introducing us. I'm excited to be in this format. You know, when I was preparing, I thought, uh, one of the biggest creativities has been my life. The truth is, I have followed the eclectic path too. And I know I fit here. I'm one of nine kids. Um I graduated from college with a degree in theater, wanting to be a professional singer. I did that for nine years. And in fact, I charted in the top 100 on the country charts just a few weeks, but you know, a measure of success. But as life does, you get kind of pulled away to take care of the priority that's in front of you. And I had to move. I had to shift. And I have been blessed to discover that I also have some business talents. I uh, got involved in the fitness industry for nine years. Then I moved into financial services partway in the run of that and ended out in senior services and spent 10 years there. I got to, I was running an assisted living for nine and a half of those years. And like you say, you're moving up the ladder, you're getting to be in a version of integrity, you're earning the money, being the person you want to be, making a difference in the world. And yet there came that moment where I was realizing the corporate vision wasn't a match anymore. And so I left my job and I did some consulting and looking for other things, but living up to the red hair, 
I decided to sell my house and hit the road. <laughs> and so for a year, I was out on the road trying to find myself. And then I realized I was there. And all of the things that I needed and wanted were with me. I would go from a VRBO to an Airbnb, landing on a friend's sofa, finding my way across the country. And I realized as I was painting and writing and hiking that I was really in my joy. So I moved back to Minneapolis, where I live now in an artist's loft, and I've explored a lot of different kinds of art. And I decided a few years ago that the vision, after having been a singer-songwriter, had always wanted to try a novel. And as somebody who did three verses in a chorus every day for five years, it certainly was a different task to move into the full novel. And um, that's what I did. I started a senior romance. And as I was taking care of my friend with Louis body dementia, my senior romance turned into a complicated story as do most senior romances. And it's also a story with Louis body dementia. Very, very interesting. Amy, uh, novels do end up becoming very complicated. I've been writing mine for about a year and a half, and it's a murder mystery comedy thriller <laughs> that is so sarcastic, I fall off the chair reading it, and I have to have a pen name because if people knew I'm the one who will eventually publish it, they would come and shoot me because they will recognize themselves. And I have an opening in the book that says, if you think you or somebody you know is depicted in this story, and I list, you know, people who were, uh, I don't know, egomaniacs and A blank, 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 H-O-L-E-S and, and ADHD and, and uh, people who were, anyway, if you're your car, your house, your hair, your, your language, your accent, your dress, your, your anything you do is similar, it's possible that this is about you. <laughs> And the opening line of the book is, is, it was not a dark and stormy night. It was night, but it wasn't dark and stormy because the HOA forbade it. <laughs> HOA is the Homeowners Association. And now you get the idea of the book. It's scathingly sarcastic. I'm having so much fun writing it. I keep adding to it. And I forgot the murder mystery is just this little tiny part in the middle. So I finally named, I forgot to put a detective in it. So I named the detective after, after my mother and my father. So if anybody knows who my family is, they'll see that the names, the nicknames and the names are, are my family's names. But anyway, thank you all for, I, I'm so honored to have the three of you here. This show is my joy. I love speaking to smart, interesting people. And that's what gets me up in the morning, even though this is a nighttime show. I also, under another name, have a business show on Wednesday mornings where I speak to futurists on all kinds of topics. And that show is very popular all over the world. It's a top 10 business and tech podcast show for entrepreneurs. Vince, you probably would be interested in that. So anyway, um, we all have taken twists and turns, right, from... We all have had some corporate, something like that in there in jobs. And I think we're all part of what's called the gig economy, where we said we want to do this and we want to do that. 
on our own schedule, right, Pat? You want to produce when you want to produce. Amy, you want to write when you want to write. Vince, you want to podcast when you want to podcast. I do radio whenever I want to do radio. I think we've all figured it out. Isn't that a lovely thing? So what I want to do now is move on. Pat, do you have something to say? You look like you're leaning in. Anything you want to comment, Pat? I'm sorry. Do you, you, did you have something you want to say? I thought you had a comment to make. Oh, yes. Um, I would like to say one of the things that I like to do most is to help women over 50 reinvent themselves. Because a lot of women over 50 get stuck. From the, and COVID didn't help any and gave them a really good excuse to stay stuck longer. And there's no reason because we only come down the pike once. I don't care what you believe hereafter, but this life is once and it's up to us to lead it and live it as much as we can. So I want to address that situation wherever I can, wherever I have a forum of women. I'm doing one um, for a local community center on Friday, the Alden Community Center. And I really love doing that, helping other women. Thank you, Pat. Bra- bravo. I think we're all helping people or whoever is listening and watching say it's okay. And when I'm mentoring a, a young woman, everybody's younger than me now, I'll say, <laughs> if, if you see a crack in the window or the door, it's open just a little bit. Force it open. See what's on the other side. Let the light in. Oh, I don't know. Oh, stop that nonsense. Go find out what's on the other side. Let the light in and then you'll make your decision. So before we get too philosophical here, I want to tell everybody that I've asked my guests to send me a quote from a fictional character in a movie or a Broadway play in Pat's case or a song. And they're going to tell us what those quotes have to do with creativity. So Pat, I'm looking at your quote. It is from your favorite show right now, Desperate Measures, American Music musical comedy play based on Shakespeare's Measure for Measure. And the character is Johnny Blood. And a quick overview, he's a hot-headed cowboy who killed a man in a bar fight for saloon girl, Bella Rose, and he's sentenced to death. But the sheriff says to his sister, who is now a nun, Sister Mary Jo, to plead with the governor for Johnny's life. And this is all done in song. And the governor is a law and order guy. He says, no. But how about we exchange your sister's chastity for Johnny's freedom? Vince, you have to be absolutely shocked. Vince is shocked and amazed. He's offended even. And Johnny argues, no, no, no. And the song I'm going to quote in a second is, it's good to be alive. And the sheriff then said, the sheriff says, I have a plan. Let's switch Susanna for a saloon girl after dark and see if we can fool the sheriff. There we go. So this is set in Arizona territory, the turn of the 19th and 20th centuries. And Kellogg, who uh, David Friedman wrote the music and the book and lyrics by Peter Kellogg. Kellogg made humorous rhyming couplets. And he says, it's Jewish country music. It's my brand of music, which makes it accessible. Here's the quote Pat picked. I think I said it already. It's good to be alive. Pat, would you take about two minutes and tell us how that relates to your creativity? Pat, go ahead. Well, it is good to be alive. And if Johnny Blood sings that um, when he's incarcerated in prison, and it just, to me, it just brings tears to my eyes. And The guy who plays it is named Connor Ryan. He is now in Moulin Rouge, starring across the country. But he's coming back to New York in April, and we're going to give him a big welcome hello party. I haven't formulated it yet, but 
He's really quite wonderful. And by the way, you have really done your homework on different measures. <laughs> I am very, very impressed. Thank um, you, Pat. <laughs> I, I don't want to monopolize the time of all the other people, but I can only say that everybody who sees Desperate Measures walks out with a smile on their face. And I just urge everybody who's listening, if you see it playing anywhere, right now it's playing in Marathon, Florida. So, um, But it has a life all over the country. COVID, unfortunately, put a little kibosh on it, but it's coming back and... As I say, I urge you all to see it, to put a smile on your face. Thank you, Pat. And you'll never believe, the three of you, what I just noticed. You all sent me quotes that have exactly five words in them. This is very unusual. I've got all my notes here. So let's move on. Very surprising. So Vince Warnock has sent a quote from Keegan Jim, played by Leon Neeson. I hope I didn't mispronounce it other than (laughs) Liam Neeson. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, 1999, epic space opera. I never got the space opera part. Produced by Lucasfilms, of course, distributed by 20th Century Fox. Key. Gon Jin, I hope I'm saying that right, Vince, is a fictional main character in the prequel film trilogy, the protagonist of The Phantom Menace, directed, of course, and written by George Lucas, uh, Ewan McGregor, Natalie Portman, what a cast, Jake Lloyd, I'm his best, uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm looking for anybody I remember uh, and no. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, it's set 32 years before the original trilogy during the Galactic Republic era. Jedi Master Jin and his apprentice. We all know who this is. Obi-Wan Kenobi try to protect Queen Padme Amidala of Naboo. I want to go, go to Naboo to secure a peaceful end to the interplanetary trade dispute. Joined by Anakin Skywalker. We know who that is. A young slave with strong natural powers of the force. They contend with the mysterious return of the Sith. I always think I have a lisp when I said that as a Sith. Here is the quote that this Liam Neeson's character says. Five words. Your focus determines your reality. Vince, rescue me here, please. Pronounce the character and tell us, what does this have to do with creativity? Go ahead. Oh, you, you got so close. It's Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, he is one of the, well, he's actually one of the best Jedi. I'm slightly obsessed with Star Wars for anyone that doesn't already work that one out. Um, but yeah, for me, this is a really important, uh, important quote as well, because it really does dictate how we as entrepreneurs, particularly for the entrepreneurial community, how we kind of create new things. Because Quite often, one of the things I see is an entrepreneur or a non-entrepreneur will look at something as an obstacle. So they'll see something, for example, and I use this example with my son. My son was always asking, how do you come up with creative ideas? And I said, well, look, if somebody asked you to, and we had these little ceramic birds on our mantle. So if someone asked you to manufacture those ceramic birds and sell those out there and make a profit, the first thing that comes to your mind would be, and he goes, oh, somebody else has already done it. So how would I make that work? And I said, exactly. Or you would go, hey, these are the wrong color or how do I find the market or I don't know enough about. All of these things are obstacles. But if you focus on the intention and you focus on where you want it to be and you focus on what you're trying to create, then those obstacles become opportunities. And I went through the whole process with them. We actually went through a creative process. We go, okay, if we have to do these birds, obviously they already exist. So how can we make them differentiated? Maybe we tap into some kind of you know um, societal good or something. So maybe they actually help endangered birds. And we don't know enough about manufacturing. So instead of a physical product, maybe they become a digital product. And then this thing had morphed into something completely different. But from that birth something truly creative and truly innovative. And that's where your focus is really determining. So that to me is really important. This is what I do a lot of work with entrepreneurs and a lot of work just trying to change the world for the better, basically. 
Thank you very much. It sounds like almost like a vision board. You know, if you can see it, you can cut out pictures and yep. put things on your refrigerator and you want to be that way. You want to own that car. You want to be that weight. You want to be that person on Broadway, whatever you want to do. Put a picture up. I'm hitting my microphone here. Thank you very much, Vince. Very, very interesting. And uh, sorry about the mispronunciation there. And Amy has picked a quote that's also five words. This is very, very unusual. The quote is from the movie When Harry Met Sally, 1989, starring, of course, Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan. They go on a journey of love and friendship in this witty love story hailed as one of the greatest romantic comedies of all time. Okay, that's good. Will sex ruin the relationship between a man and a woman? Harry Burns and Sally, Sally Albright go on a trip across country to try and find out. From Chicago to New York, that's cross country to me. This is from a famous scene in a diner where he challenges her and she shows him how an orgasm can be faked. And the whole diner is watching and listening. <laughs> and the woman at the next table, played by director Rob Reiner's mother, says... I'll have what she's having. What a great scene. Amy, what does this have to do with creativity? <laughs> Rescue me, please. Go ahead. Oh, well, that inspires a lot of good things. But how does it apply to where I'm going now with my life? I look at scenes like that, and I've always wanted to be in the scene. I wanted to see my story moving forward. And as I got older, I was seeing fewer and fewer women of my vintage as part of the love stories. I just turned 70 at the end of November. And I have this vision that the next decade at least, I will be writing love stories for people over 50. Did you know that 34% of our population is people over the age of 50? We deserve to be able to see our lives and our stories as a part of what we're going to hear, hopefully what we're going to see. I'm so excited that everybody is here inspiring people of our vintage to show up and live their lives my thought is that seniors have a different story to manage. And, you know, Meg Ryan, beautiful and whatever. How hard could that have been <laughs> for her to find her way? Come on, let's be real. But there are versions of attractive people who are older. In fact, when I was running the assisted living, the, there was a woman who inspired the first line of my book. Charlotte leads with her breasts as she enters the lobby. Even at 75 years old, no one can convince her she isn't competent and attractive. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that there are lots of characters like that. Now, this one is actually in Louis Body Dementia by that point. But the story covers questions of physical health, cognitive health. You know, a lot of us who are looking at relationships in this chapter are looking at financial issues. We're looking at family issues, estate issues. And that needs to play into true stories. I'm not telling you I'm taking specific lives. And, and you mentioned when you're writing a book, it's always inspired by things you see, mm -hmm. things you've heard. Mm -hmm. 
course. But the truth is by being in a novel, I'm able to take stories and expand them into places that were happening behind closed doors. Uh-huh. Well, not always closed, but <laughs> these lives that were happening are inspired by what I've seen. And it is my goal to help us all live our joy to our very last breath, understanding that the seeds of the little person that was on the playground and being, you know, on the table at the park singing songs, that person is still going to be there at the end of the story. It just might not be the same way, but it'll be happening. Thank you very much. All all good points there, Amy. Uh, Yes, different time of life, different ways of looking at things, lots of memories or not so many, interpretations of where we came from, where we still want to go, questions of how much time is left, what can we, should we, will we, could we do with that time, and how much time is left for the people we care about. And what will our family say if we get wild in our later years? So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She speaks. She knows. <laughs> Let me go to thank you all for those interpretations and for the great quotes. Let's go to I'm going to pick one statement from each of you. Let's take two minutes each to respond. Pat Addis, I'm looking at your statement number four. I'll read it. You don't have to find it. And I want you just to explain or unpack it, Pat. You say some people thwart their creativity Rather than embracing it, they are afraid. Pat, just give us a two-minute interpretation of that. Go ahead. Well, creativity is really your DNA. It's from within you. What you create, nobody else can create. You can copy somebody, but no matter what you copy, it's still your creation from your soul, from your heart, from your inner being. Um, It frightens a lot of people. They get scared that they're creating something. And they don't want to. But I think that's sad because we all can create something, even if it's just little doodles for our grandchildren, whatever. My mother did something that I thought was really wonderful. And she never told anybody. She was a late bloomer in terms of painting. She took up painting when she was 70 years old. And she used to make little cards, hand-painted little cards, and she gave them to all the shut-ins in our church. And I knew nothing about it until after she was dead, somebody said, I found this in my drawer. Your mother gave it to me when I was very sick in the hospital. I thought you'd like to have it. And um, she created this whole whole little thing, not for money, just, you know, just forgiving. And I think we all have creative powers in us. I don't know what my creative power is quite yet, but, I'm getting there. I'm learning. I'm still learning. Now that I'm a woman of purpose, I've got to figure it out. So on, I on purpose. <laughs> I, I thank you so much for having me. It, it's so wonderful. All I can say is namaste. Thank you. Again. Well, the show's not over. Don't go. Don't don't be thanking me yet. We still got a lot to go here. Thank oh, really? you, Pat. Oh yeah, yeah. We have another twenty minutes to go. So here we go. So I'm going to go to now, Vince. I'm looking at your 
statement number one and four, I'm going to combine them. So you said creativity is the lifeblood of an entrepreneur, the ability to take something that doesn't exist and birth it into the world is what we do. And then you say the creative energy is contagious. The more I pass it to others, the more fulfilled I feel. Vince, two minutes. Unpack, please. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, th this is the... This is the thing I tell entrepreneurs quite regularly is, is often an entrepreneur will compare themselves to someone else. So they'll be building something. They'll always look at another business, another entrepreneur and say, oh, they've got everything sorted. I, I want to be like them, but I'm not like them. And I'm like, no, no, you are you. And you need to understand the power of entrepreneurship. You need to understand what you're actually doing, which is taking something that does not exist. So like a thought, a seed, a, a concept, an idea, and actually birthing it into this world, which is freaking amazing so um, but the other part of that is the contagious part and this is what i find particularly having a podcast and i know you'll find this as well Ed, but we have so many different creative entrepreneurs on my show that often that ends up being something really different so i one of my guests recently um she came on the show and found out i'd written the book my latest book is about chat gpt for, for marketers and entrepreneurs and took that book and then came back and said, oh my goodness, like I've just been reading through this. And we started talking about some of the challenges. So from that conversation and that creativity that was happening between the two of us, we actually now are working on a movement to try and help remove the cognitive bias around uh, AI. So actually getting more women into using things like chat GPT, getting more yep. people of minority groups and things as well. So all of that we find when you get together, two creatives, what you produce is far more than the sum part of those two. So for me, it's just, it's honestly where we live and where we need to operate as entrepreneurs. Thank you very much. I sent a note oh. to you in the chat, Vince. Vince, yes, Pat, go ahead. I just want to say, Vince, I really like what you said. And entrepreneur is a very good word. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> very thoughtful. Um, I started using ChatGPT, Vince, on my my uh, business show, Technology Revolution, the Future of Now, which I do under a, a different name. Yeah. I have at the end of the year, I invite hundreds of people who've been on during the year. These are futurists for a week, so it's a couple hundred a year. And I invite them to come on, and they each have three and a half minutes to talk about any prediction on any tech topic they want. And I get nine to ten wow. people each week for six weeks. So I had 60 guests this time. Three weeks in December, three weeks in January is a blast. But one of my guests who I've done a financial uh, business finance show with for years said he had just read about, he just tried something called ChatGPT. Now, this was the first, second week of December, and I went and tried it. And now for all my business shows, I query ChatGPT on the topic. And a full disclaimer, I'll get on, I'll say, I asked ChatGPT this question. It's openai.com. And I'll say, and this was the response. And then I asked it this, so I always credit it. But yep. now I'm doing a series on music composers, human versus AI. Who wrote the song? Who get who owns the rights? Novelists, human novelists versus AI novelists. Who wrote the book? Who owns the rights? And I'm doing one on uh, all kinds of so. I'm AI is my theme on many of my shows. So I want to talk to you about that. Anyway, thank you very much, Emi. I have yes. two of your statements. I'm going to combine here. Your statement uh -oh. number one is creativity is drawing outside the lines, and creativity is stretching beyond the places where I've become comfortable to express the exceptional. Wow, that last one was packed. Emi, unpack those two together for me, please. Three minutes, two minutes, go ahead. 
Well, I relate to the idea of the fear where people are afraid to go beyond the boundaries, as we've discussed before. But I believe we find our genius is somewhere beyond the limitation, somewhere beyond that fear that you were talking about, that when we surrender to allowing that greater energy to flow beyond the boundaries. And we start to connect with the energies that are larger than us. I I don't know where people stand on spiritual business, but it's pretty hard to be creative and not find yourself spiritual. You just might define it in a different way. But when we take ourselves and we go beyond what we thought we could do, then we are connecting to the ultimate creative energy and that flow is euphoric. I used to be a runner and I remember people talking about runner's highs. Oh, it's nothing like the high of the creative flow. It is heaven when we let ourselves be there. And so it's a whole new way for some people But for those of us who have been in the flow for a while, kind of pushing beyond boundaries, because we were forced there in the beginning, and then we found out, wait a minute, some of the really good stuff was happening there. Thank you very much, Amy. I have some family stories I won't tell on the air, but I'll tell them afterwards when we take pictures about coloring in or outside the lines and how teachers change lives when they criticize young students by saying you're not doing it right. So we will go there. So I want to do, we have 10 minutes left, which is plenty of time. And I want to do some famous birthdays. And if you know who the person is, some of you should know a couple of these at least. Uh, Just say happy, yell out happy birthday. Then I've got events in music history, industry, music history. You'll know most of these. And then I have the national holidays today. So first up, happy birthday. Does anybody remember Charo? Gucci, Gucci. Oh, yeah. Pat, do you remember Charo? She was married to Xavier Cougat. Don't you remember? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Of course. She's a, her full name is Maria Rosario Pilar Martinez uh, Molina Baeza. She's a Spanish-American singer, actress, dancer, flamenco guitarist, and comedian. She started playing guitar at the age of nine, and she trained with Andre Segovia, one of the world's most famous flamenco wow. guitar players. In 1966... She married 65-year-old band leader Xavier Cugat, C-U-G-A-T. I remember him. She moved to the U.S. She was all over American TV in the 60s and 70s. She was on Laughing. She was on Fantasy Island. She was on The Love Boat. She was on The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson. She never gave her real age. She had a heavy accent, and her catchphrase was, Gucci, Gucci, and she has performed music for five decades. She's still alive. Happy birthday, Charo. C-H-A-R-O. Vince, you can look her up. Uh, everybody, I think, knows Dana Delaney, the actress. Oh, yeah. yeah, she played Colleen McMurphy on China Beach. She played. She got a, a, a primetime Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series twice. She played Catherine Mayfair on Desperate Housewives. I remember her there. I think oh. she was... I don't know what she did, but she was pretty good. She played Megan Hunt on Body of Proof. I watched that show in ABC Medical Drama. And she played Crystal Harris on Amazon's Amazon's Prime Prime Hand of God from 2014 to 2017. So happy birthday. Dana Delaney is 67. 
She's almost grown up, Pat and Amy. She's almost grown up. I don't know about you. Now I have an American rapper named Common, but his real name is Lonnie Rashid. Ah, Vince knows. Yep. Lonnie Rashid Lynn, Common, a rapper and actor, debuted in 1992 with Can I Borrow a Dollar? He won the 2003 Grammy for Best R&B Song because he was featured on Erica Budu's single Love of a Life and Ode to Hip Hop. And he started his own imprint, his own label in 2011. Think Common Entertainment. So there. Now, I have three social media stars. Oh, by the way, he's 51. Common is 51. So we have somebody in the 70s, somebody in the 60s, and 51. So here we go. On TikTok, there's a young lady named Rachel Brockman. She's 18 today. I want you all to wish her a happy birthday because she posts lip sync and hand dance performance videos and features her friends. But the reason I put her in here is because she has... 2.9 million fans, Amy. Oh, Lord. And she has 112 million likes on TikTok. 112 oh. million. Oh. 112 million. I, every week I pick some social media stars who've got more than we could even imagine. I, th- I always tell people I'm doing the wrong thing here. Then we have a, a grown-up on YouTube named Stephanie Leda, L-E-D-D-A. She's 32. She posts makeup tutorials and beauty and fashion-related content. She has a channel... Oh, dear. She's only got 1.1 million followers. Oh, I mean, honestly, I wish she would get going. Pat, the girl only has 1.1 million on Instagram. Her channel is SML, small, medium, large, little X and a big O like kisses. She only has 470,000 Instagram followers. And she posts things like videos of her wedding day. Very personal. Okay. And then we have one more on YouTube. I had to do this one. His name is Ryan Higa. H-I-G-A. He must be Stephanie Letta's brother because they're born on the same day, same same age. He posts comedy videos, Nice Guy, How to Be a Gangster, The iPod Human. He only has you all sitting down. 21 million subscribers. Good. 30, 32 years old. He formed a K-pop group called Boys Generally Asian. He wrote a book in 2017 called Ryan Higgins, How to Write Good. <laughs> oh, no. How to Write Good. Oh. And oh, Rich, Richard Van Fleet, whoever he is, bless him, produced and directed a feature film with this guy called Ryan and Sean's Not-So-Excellent Adventure in 2008. So I want you all to say happy birthday to our three social media stars of happy the week. Birthday to you. Birthday. Yeah. you know how many millions if I added them up? It's just shameful. Anyway, now I have music history events. On this day in 2004, Luciano Pavarotti. You all have heard of him. He made his 379th and last performance at the Metropolitan Opera in New York City. He played the painter Mario Cavaradossi in Giacomo Puccini's Tosca. He got a standing ovation that was 12 minutes long. Wow. That, that's a wow. In 1988, on this day in history, Bob Seger, the rock star, received a star oh. on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. In 1976, on this date, in the Billboard album chart, the Eagles Greatest Hits made number one. In this day in 65, the Beatles landed their seventh number one hit in America with eight days a week. I love, yes, eight days a week. (laughs) This is interesting to all of you. Share, I didn't know this, used a pitch correction software called Autotune to distort her vocals. Do you know the name of the song she did it with, Vince? Uh, If I could turn back time. No. Believe. Believe. Yes, believe. It went to number one, opened the floodgates for many more auto-tune hits. That was Cher. Okay, in 2007 on this date, Amy Winehouse, the late and very interesting second album, Back to Black, opened on the Billboard chart. 
the following week at number seven, and it charted at number two. That was the peak. She won five Grammys in 2008, including Record of the Year and Song of the Year for Rehab. Say I gotta go to rehab. I said no. I wore out that CD. I played it in the car so much. I thought she she was really something. In 2006, Black Sabbath, Blondie, Leonard Skinner, Miles Davis, and the Sex Pistols were inducted in the Hall of Fame. But guess what? The Sex Pistols said, nope. We're not going to go, and we don't want to be honored in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So they they didn't wow. go. In 1976, on this date, the Four Seasons hit number one with their hit December 1963. Remember, oh, what a night. Everybody remember that? Happy December night. Da, da. Anyway, listen to this. They were the only act to chart number one before, during, and after the Beatles. The Four Seasons. Wow. That was something. And then in 65, on this date, Eric Clapton thought the Yardbirds were getting too commercial, so he left the Yardbirds, went out on his own, bless his heart, and he was replaced by Jeff Beck. So that's music history. I have three minutes. Let me go through. Today is, Pat, you're going to love this. It's Smart and Sexy Day. It's the initiative of the Alliance of Career Development Nonprofits, parts of the world, training women to be self-confident in seeking job and career opportunities and teaches them how to get a professional wardrobe for jobs, even if they don't have a lot of money. Okay? So that's Today is Smart and Sexy Day. Today is National Ken Day. Can you believe in 1961, Ken, Kenneth Carson, Ken debuted at the Mattel Toy Exhibition. Now you know which Ken I'm talking about. He was Barbie's boyfriend. And despite criticism, he's too worried about his appearance and his masculinity, they they got married. But I didn't know this. They got separated in the 1960s. And they stayed married. Yes, Barbie and Ken were, and they remained married. When the relationship ended, Barbie shook the world of plastic celebrity. She announced she had feelings for Blaine Gordon. Vince, he was an Australian surfer. A wow. surfer doll. A surfer <laughs> scandal. doll. It was a scandal. And in 2011, Ken made a public announcement all over the world. He wanted her back for their 50th wedding anniversary. He wooed her back, and Barbie and Ken are still together today. Oh. So today is National Ken Day. Ken Carson. Oh, that's nice. That's very nice. That's sweet. Today is National Coconut Tort Day. I'll just leave that one alone. It's National Earmuff Day. Does anybody know that in 1877, Chester Greenwood had big ears? He probably had them the year before and the year after. And he went ice skating. <laughs> his ears were cold. So he designed two ear-shaped loops of wire and his grandma sewed pieces of wool over the loops. He oh. got the patent in 1877 and for 60 years he manufactured earmuffs he brought jobs to farmington massachusetts uh, maine and that is the earmuff capital of the world so there you go chester greenwood it's national napping day today created by two boston university professors william anthony and his wife camille because when daylight saving time come they think you all need more sleep and it's national button week and we're just about out of time and my engineer is going to be mad at me 30 seconds oh my goodness here's my closing everybody listen don't go away life is short break the rules forgive quickly kiss slowly love truly laugh everybody laugh with me <laughs> laugh uncontrolled pat forgot to laugh and never regret anything that made you smile work like you don't need the money because nobody cares dance like nobody's watching but they did when i taught dancing sing like nobody's listening and love like you've never been hurt because we all have and it's just get over it money talks chocolate sings and i stole this line thank you for turning me on everybody wave goodbye and don't Ooh. go away Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. 
Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.